like what? So zero RB. Sean Siegel got uh, Jamal Charles in the dead zone in like 2013. So if you base it around that, who could be Jamal Charles? Uh, Travis Etienne could be. DeAndre Swift could be. There's a couple guys that theoretically could be, right? Not Mike fucking Davis, bro. Definitely not Mike Davis. Okay. <laughs> you guys, uh, Dante good Williams was a fine process play in the dead zone last year because you know Gordon gets hurt. That's what we're talking about, but yeah, it didn't, happen. No, it didn't happen. Whatever. Still youth and upside and, and receiving ability in the in the dead zone. That's what you're yeah. going for. Yeah. Yeah. Easy one. So yeah, and there was some. Uh, who else was in the dead zone last year? Oh, Mostert. <clears throat> is Carson in there? Or Carson was earlier, I think, wasn't Carson? He? Carson was yes. dead zoning. He was very yeah. dead zoning. Yeah, I you know I might have drafted Carson in the league. I I, I might have got like sucked into it. Um, you know, end of the end of the dead zone was like David Montgomery, just classic. It, it's yeah. like, do we do we really need to explain it? You know, what 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 why the dead zone is the dead zone. Miles Gaskin. Oh, Miles Gaskin, such an easy fade in the dead zone last year. Yes. Miles Gaskin in the dead zone, and then uh, yeah, and then and then guys dead zone backs that weren't even in the dead zone that hit were like James Conner. He was post dead zone. You want to take a guy like James Conner? Take him outside the dead zone. Yeah, I had a lot of James Conner. That yeah. was a, that was you a want nice a guy spot. like you want you want Dave Montgomery. You want Mike Davis, right? We'll just take fucking Connor, bro. Absolutely. Even Melvin Gordon was good last year. Same same ADP. <clears throat> Fine. You want those guys? Fine. They're available. Eleventh round. You're welcome. Yeah, Melko's Melko's super cheap right now too. Super nice value right now with the yeah, with right. the Williams. Uh, he could go anywhere. Right. Yeah. He could go he could, anywhere. He could end up in a nice spot too. So he could go. He could go to Tampa. Yeah. Right, that offensive line—it's like the best offensive line. You kidding me? Him in Tampa with Ali Marpet. Oh my God, just that whole thing and Jensen and Worps. It's incredible. Yeah, best, best by far for run blocking. My God, my God, man. Josh was telling me his favorite like last round value at running back is got to be Jarrett Patterson. I mean, you got to figure McKissick's. They're going to move on from McKissick. He's a free uh, agent. I can't see them bringing him back. Um, they had him agent. so cheap last time too. So, and McKissick was be busy. been busy the last two years. McKissick. Well, Patterson was good last year. Relative, yeah. right? In terms of an undrafted dude, wins wins the job outright out of camp. Then he's you know pretty productive. Caught more passes in the pros than I think he ever did in college. As an yeah, undrafted Pat- rookie, I mean, he was basically an Antonio Gibson injury away from being like a kind of a James Robinson light. So yeah, Patterson. Uh, Patterson's definitely definitely one. Um, and it's you know we keep waiting for this huge increase in, uh, for uh, Gibson volume wise, and, and as a receiver, it just might not happen. They might just use. Oh, well, well, it Gibson. did though. It did. I mean, this is all predicated on the notion that all but three running backs got hurt last year. True. But you know. you've got to you got to think they're going to give him they're, they're going to have a, a second running back have a role. Um, so yeah, I, think I don't care about that. I don't care. Standalone value, Shmalu. Uh, I do because I do like Gibson too. I mean, uh, with no McKissick, seven six seven four three targets. 
I like that a lot. <clears throat> Before that, he was only getting two and three targets a game. So I'm happy to get – what's Gibson's uh, – his ADP is like early third, right? Yeah, early third, end of the second. Yeah, so smash that, you know. Definitely a value. Uh, smash that. But that's the thing. Like just, just add up the ADPs of backfields. The 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 the, the 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 total ADP of the Washington backfield is very small. It's you got an early third and you got a last rounder. That's it. That's all. That's to, to lock up that backfield. Just to have one one. If you don't get Gibson, you should absolutely be trying to get Patterson. Those commies, man. <clears throat> Got to get those commies. So, what, what's the com? Oh, the Commodores. <laughs> Wait, is it the Commanders? That's, that, isn't that it? The, the Commies for short? The Commies, right. <laughs> yes, because they're in Washington, D.C. That makes sense. That's right. That's right. That's another thing I think Maddox was tilting on, the fact that they didn't think that one through. What, the the, the, the Commanders? Yeah, the Commanders and all the, the nicknames. So Nobody likes name. Commanders right now. It's so bad. Nobody likes it because they could have been the, the Red Tails. Red Tails or Red Wolves. They could have kept the, the song the DC would have been okay with it. Um, and then out of nowhere commanders, none of the red teams alumni like it. Um, it was kind of laughed at. Um, and it was, uh, I think it was Doug Williams laughed when it came out. Um, it, it's not good. It's not good. Hey, uh, I think you're Theo. I think your levels need to go up a little bit. Oh, you can't hear me. Your, your volume is a lot quieter than JD's. Give me one second. I'm gonna just go so in you and know. Out, just okay. so you know, and you should do a mic test too. You want you want a mic, or are you just on Bluetooth head, headphones? Today I'm I'm just on on the headphones. Um, I can't. I'm stuck up in the office right now for this. He's time. in the attic. You put him so in I the got, attic. I got to turn the volume yeah. down when JD talks, and I got to turn it up when you talk. Okay, I'll turn mine down a bit. Is that better, Matt? I'm just saying for the audience. Yeah, I mean, the I'm audience a pro. is good, man. I mean, I'm a the, fucking pro. We know, you, can do we know you're a pro. We know I don't you're need a pro. To, I'm not doing anything with my volume. I can eat fucking huge levels in my ear. I don't fucking care. But see, you're bringing our quality up. See, the, our audience trying to is help you guys out. Quality. I'm just trying to help you guys out. We you guys, you guys that. are real. You guys are real it. off in terms of uh, your levels. So, Theo, why, why don't we? Uh, why don't I kick the intro in, and you can uh, leave and come back, and then we'll get this thing going. Okay, cool. Good to go. All right, you, Matt. You in Canada, JD? I am just outside of Toronto. Cool. We'll talk after Matt. Looking forward to this. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. 
trading. The draft board assassin for the first $77 high stakes FFPC. Deep, deep dive into a draft board. On day two, last night, the godfather of Dynasty, Ryan McDowell, came in dropping dimes in the district like Daniel Jones under a new regime. And today, today, savages, we bring you, we bring you the man known as the podfather, content colossus, the lord of the roto underworld and fantasy mansion today savages we bring you matt kelly welcome to the goat district hey how you doing good man good happy to have you brother let's do this let's do bring, let's go. bring i got full disclosure oh there's theo fellers what's happening fellers what's going on fellas your levels are good, Theo. Uh, I got you know good news and bad news. The good news is that I have no out, so we, we can go over an hour if you want. <laughs> the bad news That's is dangerous. that I just had Chipotle for lunch, <laughs> so we may have to take a break in the middle sometime. But uh, that's that's what I got for you. Full on burrito or burrito bowl? <laughs> Great question. I'm a burrito bowl, burrito salad guy because, you know, I'm in my 40s, so you got to be careful. Uh, You know, just all the machinery is not as efficient, right? For some reason, I hadn't had Chipotle in forever, and I said, fuck it, we're going burrito, which makes it worse. You know, now it's uh, so it's everything is just uh, I'm torn apart. So but but we'll see. We'll see if I see if I can bring it. See if I can bring it with a giant burrito in my in my uh, gut. We'll see if Wait I can down still, by we'll the see if I can bring the energy. We don't we don't doubt that you will. Uh, shout out to Johannes in the chat. Uh, give me a bit of a warning and uh, Jose Pena. Guys, come in, drop your questions for today. We have a big show lined up. We're going to try to smash a solid sixty. We go over, we go over a bit. Um, obviously, a big guest today with Matt. Matt, why don't you just start off? Tell us how you got into fantasy football. It's funny. We had Ryan McDowell last night, and sometimes I let the, the, the red light go past the show, you know, to see if we capture anything. And for some reason, I turned it off, and we asked him that question just out of nowhere, and he had the best answer, you know, th- threw us off. So we're curious. How did you uh, first get started with uh, fantasy football and, of course, player profiler? In college, I took over my buddy's team who was studying abroad, and it was, I'm so old. This is how old I am. How old are you? This is how old I am. This is how old I am. He was worried that the internet was going to be spotty where he was in Germany, and he, you know he wasn't going to be able to set his lineups and, and, and all these things, and that he just wasn't going to be reliable internet. He was like, oh, I might have to go to an internet cafe. Like it wasn't like. So he's like, listen, can you manage my fantasy my fantasy baseball team while I'm gone? Is this Yahoo? It was on ESPN. ESPN, okay. ESPN, yep. And it was back when ESPN was just getting started, and they you actually would get a shirt if you won. Um, and I said, okay. And I picked up Raphael for Cal when he got called up, and he had like 60 stolen bases in the second half, and we won. Um, so I was like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. I can do this. And then I get into football not long after. My first first-round pick ever was Tony Gonzalez. Nice. Because I thought, you know, there was the whole, you know, the Kelsey thing from last year, everyone taking Kelsey in the first round. I was doing that when I first started my first year in fantasy football. I was like, man, the the positional advantage I get, I didn't know what positional advantage meant, but I was like, this this Tony Gonzalez, man. 
and it, you know he he wasn't as good that year, and you know I, I got beat, and I think I blamed taking a tight end in the first round on not winning, and and so I've been ever since a little less open minded about tight end early, um, probably to my detriment because I've just been you know I'm damaged goods right. Uh, it's a little tight end in the first round PTSD from like 20 years ago. It's funny how that happens and it <laughs> yeah, never goes right. away. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, and then uh, started getting more and more into fantasy football, less and less into fantasy baseball. And then uh, I was at a, you know, I was working in web design and software and there was nothing like player profile. I was going to a million websites to try to look up stats. And I was like, can we just put all these stats in one place? Why is no one doing that? And I was like, well, I guess I could do it. So then I built it, and I built it for myself, and then I thought, well, you know, maybe if I throw a little money at this, I can get something that other people would like, and then who knows. So I did that, and that was cool. Uh, I think I paid for uh, – I was working in web design, and uh, it was a time when Facebook had started advertising. They started their new advertising platform. Um, for a while there, there were no ads, you know. And so you could now do all these sponsored posts and you could do, you know, these brands were going crazy. Like, it's just so funny because right now, like, Facebook just took the biggest one-day loss in the history of the stock market. Mm-hmm. But this was back when Facebook was like 24 bucks a share. And, uh, and, and people were wondering whether the business model was sustainable and all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm at this firm going, dude, we can't even keep up with all the people that want, like – ads for facebook it's like the cool everyone's so excited about this idea and designing all these ads like for perfume and everything else like facebook ads oh my god this is a whole new this is a game changer and i was like oh man so i bought facebook calls i bought call options like deep out of the money like pie in the sky and then it just crushed for like six months their stock like i think two quarters in a row was like insane these options hit I had like 50 grand and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's do this website like for real, for real. Um, so that happened. And, uh, now Facebook's like crashing back to where it was back then. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you know, go, best of luck to Zuckerberg, you know, all the best buddy. Um, but I'm out on that, that particular stock. I've been long since gone out on that stock. And, uh, so that then, yeah. So, uh, after a few years, it became something where we were making enough money on Patreon and on, you know, the subscriptions. And at the, hey, you know, I guess I could I can quit my job and, and, and take this seriously. And then last year, we hired a bunch of people full time. You guys know uh, Cody Carpentier, you know, Josh Larkey. So we took another level up last year. We started hiring some other employees and creating a team. And um, then we're going to start doing more sports. And, you know, but... For a long time, we just did football because that's that's the king. Football is the king of, of sports in the United States. And there's just a lot of people that are big fans of not only football, but fantasy football, not only fantasy football, but dynasty and then best ball. Um, so there's just there's so much uh, that you can do with football. Uh, we have a couple apps, the Breakout Finder app that predicts has a predictive model to predict breakouts. Uh, and also uh, the Dynasty Deluxe a- uh, app, which is for analyzing trades and looking at player valuations and seeing how things are trending. So that's cool. Uh, and then we're going to do more apps. You know, more. We're doing an injury finder that's going to launch in like a month uh, to uh, predict injuries because that was big last year. Injuries last couple of years have been devastating. 
So we're trying to create a predictive model to, to predict injuries, um, and uh, and and eventually, you know, we, we you know create more opportunity for people on player profiler to contribute in real time to the site, um, and make it almost like more of like a social gathering place to talk about players and all these things. So there's a lot a lot in the works. Um, and, uh, I'm just having a lot of fun with it, guys. Um, I have a lot of fun podcasting. That's how most people learn about the site. They either learn about it on Google or they, they heard the podcast first, which was cool, right? That they, they heard, they found the podcast and I was yelling at somebody or I was doing something <laughs> crazy. And then they're like, this doesn't make sense. Why is this guy so not like other podcasters and why is and I don't even know if, if he's uh, you know uh, taking any of this seriously why does his web why how how is it possible that the website is so serious like seriously like in-depth analysis advanced metrics and analytics and then this guy's a clown like his things don't even jive and I'm like Whatever, man. It works. Fucking verse. It works. It works. works. Yep. It works. Deal with it. Deal with it. I mean, we're still calling him Hakeem Bustler to this day. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, right? You know, so many people have had him as a 101. Poor Matt Waldman, man. God, I feel bad. <laughs> he can't catch a break, man. He's a Bustler. And then last year was Sermon at the RB1. Trey Sermon. Like, God, man. Yep. I can't. I'm just like, I, I, I'm so rooting for him. I've come so full circle on Matt Matt Waldman, where like he's now like I go and I'm just like fingers crossed, dude. Let's t- this is the year, buddy. Got to nail Look, it this year, huh? It's got to happen this year. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Hopefully, he'll be on Traylon Burks. I'm like begging him, like in my head, I'm like, please, Matt, Traylon Burks, Brees Hall, please, please, God, please, 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 please. All right. Guys, Matt, you've you've crushed it. Obviously, I mean, with the site, the brand building, the the whole thing, man. Like you talked about uh, the 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 personality that you've built. All of it is awesome. And and I was mean, that, as, that was a good answer to your question. That's, that's an awesome question, answer. No, it was Fantastic. it was an awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. It was better than expected. I mean, it, it was great. Question. It's some insight I never knew about you. Um, but just all the tools you've given us. I know Player Profiler is always the first tab that I open up when I'm doing anything fantasy wise. So. Um, you know, as, as players, and I'm sure audience agrees, we thank you for, for giving us that. And, and, you know, the entertainment and all that is, is awesome. Uh, it, it, it wraps up all the goodness that you give as well. Cause let's, let's face it. You've got some good takes and you're, you're a smart dude, uh, in fantasy. So appreciate everything you've done. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's think about it. I invented Chris Godwin, <laughs> right? So right. I, I'm responsible for a bunch of, a bunch of breakouts. DJ Moore, DJ Moore. Uh, listen, listen guys, the DJ Moore has even happened yet. Yeah, he's, even like, he's like a slow. Happen. He's a he's slow like a quarterback. He's like a slow growth. You know, he's like Ethereum. Oh, he's like a little slow. Just you just, just, just you wait. Just you wait. But uh, you know, w- one more thing I want to, which is funny, 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 interesting thing. The majority of people don't even know that Player Profiler has premium tools like Dynasty Deluxe and the Draft Kit. They just think the whole thing is free, and they can't believe it. Yeah, that's true. There's so many people that are like, wait, there's premium? And I'm like, all right, we're going to put a button on like mobile just so people know there's premium. Like, we can't be so stealthy 
about making money. Like, eventually, they're like, are you ever going to try to make money? And I'm like, we make money. They're like, but you guys are going to really try? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> like, the, you know, like, should you put locks on some of the metrics? I don't know. I mean, we have the metrics. You should be able to see them. I don't just... Yeah. I I just think it's a cool. So I'm just trying to do a website that's like a spaceship, you know. Can I do that and just get beamed up and and not have to go through like a, a turnstile when you're going in the spaceship? I, I think people who are are passionate and doing this right, they don't mind they don't mind paying for the content they're getting. I mean, they they've obviously value it, um, and and I, I think uh, you, your prices are fair and and your what you're offering is is definitely valuable. Um, so yeah, guys, check out Player Profiler. I'm sure you're already on there. If you're not, it's a no-brainer, guys. It's definitely a no-brainer. First place I go look, um, looking at players, stats, any of that. There's no better site. So check Thank it out, you. guys. Thank you. All right, smash the like, smash the subscribe, guys. We got a big show. We're gonna try to get through these. Theo, start it off, brother. Start it off. Let's let's go through the pod the the, the pod father clinic right now. With uh, we're gonna go all over fantasy land with this one. Yeah, so really wanted to get your kind of takeaways from this year. What was your mm. biggest takeaways from this past season? Um, and maybe in the way you, you, you're looking at current situations with players, maybe the way you're analyzing, pretty much anything that you're taking as your big takeaways from this past year. Well, something else I invented was the term hero RB. Hero RB. If anyone tries to say uh, modified zero RB, you need to speak up and tell them to speak English and actually put words together in the English language that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. If you take a running back in the first round, it's not zero. Okay? It's hero. I, I, I'll meet you in the middle. I'll rhyme with zero. How about that? And then now it makes sense that there would be this one running back you take early, the hero, which rhymes with zero. Right, and then you don't have to say modified zero RB, which is just the most nonsense term. How many people that don't play fantasy football would have any idea what the hell you're talking about if you said z modified zero? No one would ever. What are you talking about? This is the most gibberish string of words, right? Hero RB, you're welcome. Right, <laughs> is is perfect. And then so and and the beauty is this year. So Hero RB was the move last year, and it crushed, especially if you got Taylor. But also, there's a bunch of running backs where you're fine. Even even Ezekiel Elliott was actually fine, right? Because he hey, played. if you hit on if you hit on Elijah Mitchell, even Derrick Henry in the first round was fine because I got had one of those in best ball. Right, right. And then your your RB two is like the big wild card, like whoever, yeah. right? Whoever you pick up, whoever you draft late. Someone will end up filling that spot and filling it admirably, most likely. But you also want to have that Christian McCaffrey, Jamal Charles level, Priest Holmes level upside in your RB1 slot. And it's the best of both worlds, right? You can take advantage of all the principles of zero RB. You get a stud running back in your RB1 slot and hero RB. So last year, hero RB, really you needed to try to get Najee Harris was fine in the second round. Antonio Gibson was fine. Most of those second-round running backs were great. Austin Eckler at the turn was incredible. I mean, it was a lot of people won with Hero RB with Austin Eckler because then they also took, uh, you know, in some cases, 
Adams and Eckler probably was the best case scenario last year uh, where you could there was a time especially early when Adams was going at the turn because of this uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers and then he moved up a little bit once Aaron Rodgers signed and it was the it was by late August there was, there was a time that when when JT was going at the turn if you remember well JT no JT was going late second yeah, round second round is unbelievable yeah, yeah, so there was pl- plenty of gr- great value there. Second round was the was the was the the round to get running back, at, and then you waited until DeAndre Swift, and then it was over, right? Because you know, Javante never hit his ceiling because Melvin Gordon was healthy all year. Travis Etienne, he flamed out in epic fashion. But those were a handful of running backs. That was the bleeding edge of this guy has top five upside. This guy has 20 plus point upside because he excels in all phases, has the size, has the athleticism, has the receiving skills. There's just not many guys that check those boxes. It's interesting this year in that, especially ETN, he's falling into the fifth round. So it's the idea that you can can get your hero in the fifth and sixth round it actually opens up possibilities specifically for tight end early. So when you actually back into this strategy, back into your your uh, sort of a structural draft, it probably makes a lot of sense to to be gunning for Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, knowing that there's a handful of backs that are going to fall into the traditional dead zone um, that are that have a top five potential and that's without even talking about Brees hall like Brees hall is amazing like he is gonna be he, he's in that travis etn adp range because you know that's the beauty of drafting early you can do that also i've seen antonio gibson who basically is jonathan taylor just without all the college resume and the the offensive line and, and, and just a, a better team uh so he's going in the early third round. So there's just so many possibilities uh, this year. As long as you get that hero and then you have a, basically a six-round window to get that your one running back, knowing that, probably want to go with a, a premium tight end this year. And you could, it's also a nice year to sneak in a, a premium uh, quarterback. And I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, the best quarterback in fantasy and in dynasty – is not Patrick Mahomes. I know that his ADP was much higher than everyone else's, and he was a total sucker play last year, and hopefully no one drafted him. Uh, I think I had a video on TikTok calling people that drafted him suckers. Also, my favorite video I did on TikTok was when I was riding my bike. Did you guys see this? Yeah. <laughs> I was riding my bike. Theo, did you see this? I did. I was ri- and I was going down a hill, and then there was like branches, and I was like, I, but I was, tr- I was recording, and it was about <laughs> Sam Darnold. And I was like careening down this hill and I was like, Sam Donald stinks. And then so many people were like dunking on me after one week with like two rushing touchdowns. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Rushing touchdowns from Sam Darnold. That's going to be the thing that saves you. That's what you're building your new projection model on. That he's a QB one in fantasy. Get the hell out of here. So, yeah, Sam Darnold was the complete stay away. It was also, you know, sad but true. You're allowed to love players and not draft them, right? You're allowed to love DJ Moore and just not have any. We had no DJ Moore last year in seasonal leagues. Why? How could you? What's this offense good? They added Terrace Marshall. They extended Robbie Anderson. What are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? McCaffrey was back. What do you think's going to happen? Like the, the team was playing slow before Darnold, and Darnold was playing even slower in New York. So what do you think the pace of play is going to be? Right, it's like defenses are pretty good now. Like the Tampa's defense has gotten better. New Orleans defense is pretty good. What, what, what exactly? How is it going to work out? So you can love DJ more. And that's why I love Dynasty, man. That's why I love Dynasty because you know creating a structural draft plan for seasonal leagues actually isn't that complicated by just working backwards using Hero RB and probably wanting a premium tight end and then the the. The quarterback I was alluding to is Josh Allen. I mean, if you have Josh Allen, you're, you're so, it, it, you could have two stud receivers. You could have Allen and Diggs, another stud receiver, and Darren Waller, and and potentially have this year's Jamal Charles in either like a Brees Hall or a Travis Etienne. It's just everything is just lining up so well right now. It's really fun to draft on underdog and these places that had these early best ball. It's just, it's so much fun. And yet, and yet for my money, for my time, just dynasty is just so fun because you actually can find uh, players that you are ahead of the field on before they even enter the league. And if, and you can just put your chips on these guys and not worry about all the little nuances because actually sometimes it's annoying to have to worry about all the offensive coordinators, uh, pace of play trends. Sometimes I don't care about that. I don't want to care about that. Yeah, for this year, last year, 2021, DJ Moore, not great, right? But when you zoom out and start focusing on the right details – and you look at things like air yard share and you look at target share and you just look at you know his whole his whole history of incredibly dominant production going back to an early age at Maryland and he's you know Chris Godwin level athleticism You're like this guy's you know he fits the the archetype of today of the perfect modern day NFL receiver AJ Brown Chris Godwin DJ Moore these are players we love because they're separators that can win down the field, but more than anything, like Cooper Cup last year, winning down the seam, winning in those intermediate routes, and they just become complete and utter target hogs. They can't be stopped. They're giving you yards after the catch. They're so good. And if you just like, I love DJ Moore, you can go ahead and, and, and pay up like an extra you know half round in a startup in Dynasty, and you have this guy for his whole career, and you get to just hook hook up you know uh, uh, your rope to him and he'll tow you along for the next five years through all the trials and tribulations he's going to have some incredible boom years like there's a top five year coming from dj moore with, with the right offense and these offenses can turn around in a year in a year you look up and you're like oh wow they got this new quarterback or this happened and then all of a sudden this this whole team is is different now and i mean Brady in Tampa was the best example of this, but anything's possible, man. They could just get enamored with Malik Willis and they could draft Malik Willis right now. Cody Carpentier in his latest mock on playerprofile.com actually has local boy Sam Howell going there just because there's a lot of linkages and uh, chatter within the beat report community uh, of that landing spot uh, or picket. But also, you just you can't put it past scouts to just see Willis at the combine 
and just everybody going, oh, God, okay. Remember, this is the I'm, I'm, I'm feeling Carson Wentz vibes where Carson Wentz was like a second rounder. Then he was a mid first rounder. Then he went to the combine and Mike Mayock was talking about how he has this extra carry on the ball. And the next thing you know, teams are trying to trade up to the the, the number two spot to get him. This is very, this is very, no one, there's tons of mocks right now where there's no quarterbacks in the top 10. Don't, we've seen this movie how many times? It's going to get How forced. many times have we seen this movie? And if I told you there's going to be three quarterbacks in the top ten, mm-hmm. you'd be like, yeah, yeah, not our first rodeo over here at the Goat. They're going to force it. Yeah, it's, it, it's happening. It's going to happen. I mean, teams, sure. teams will fall in love with Pickett or Corral and certainly Willis. Um, and that kind of takes, takes us to— and It's possible yeah. there's four. Yeah. I mean, th- this happens all the time. Oh, it's a weak quarterback class. It was, You know what? The Carson Wentz year was a really weak quarterback class. And they went QB QB. Yeah, you think I mean, Goff, the, does Goff have a good? You know, Goff's like college QBR was like fiftieth percentile. Had literally nothing in the eightieth percentile. Nothing about Jared Goff was like, oh, this guy's going to be great. One hundred and one. It's uh, it's just a matter of of scarcity. You can't pass it up when you have a chance to take a potential good quarterback. And even if the guy might fail, you have to give yourself that opportunity, don't you? And and trade-ups. Don't forget about trade-ups. The Giants have two picks in the top ten, and they have a whole new regime. And they know they have to blow this thing sky high and rebuild from the studs. If you if they don't trade out of one of those picks, they're idiots. They, I mean, it's it's irresponsible. I would be trying to trade both. It just depends. Like if a if Charles Cross is there, like a building block asset. On the offensive line, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, come on, you gotta take that guy. The nice thing about Cross is that he's probably gonna be the, the third offensive lineman off the board. He could easily be the best. Could be a Tristan Wirfs situation. So I would want Cross to build around and then just get rid of that second pick. Someone's gonna trade up, and they're gonna trade up, and they're gonna, tra- they're gonna, they're gonna draft a quarterback. They're gonna do it. Yep. You can just see it happening. And it's I how mean, from you? I mean, how many miles away? We're talking about Mars. Someone there, there's there's like I'm talking about other galaxies. There's like aliens. Like aliens are like they're gonna trade up for a quarterback. Uh, three quarterbacks in the top ten, right? Willis go top five easily. Like they all they all know. Why are we the last ones to figure this out? I mean, you could see it coming. You could see it coming with this group. And how are you valuing these 2022 rookie picks right now? How what is what is your take on? We've had a number of guests advocating for trading, and this is non-superflex, but trading the the late ones to get a 2023 first. Are you in that in that uh, in that group right now? Or, or yeah, but no one's doing that. Oh yeah, congrats, Theo. Theo made it happen. Congrats, <laughs> congrats, congrats on your your win in your your fantasy fantasy league. It's, right, it's your, fa- happening, your fairy it's tale league. Yeah, good, good, good job, good job. <laughs> dude, 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 the words out of the 2023 class. Like, come on, you're not doing. Where are the no receipts, Theo? No one's doing that. That was. I got. I got a couple of receipts. It's. It's happening a little bit. It, would you say that? Is there? Is there a cutoff for you? Is it like the 106? Is it the 107? Where you would take the random 2023 one? Uh 
And what what is your tier? What does your first round the tier breakdown look like for you? Like is it higher? May I mean I I don't know. I mean after Brees Hall and Traylon Burks, it's uh so maybe yeah maybe the one hundred three. Wow. One hundred three really? Yeah maybe the one hundred three. I mean there's there's where would Isaiah Spiller have gone in previous years? Where where, where would Kenneth Walker have gone in previous years at the turn? Lower right? than this year for sure. I mean not great. The problem is. The problem is I you wouldn't trade now anyway, right? So there's this there's a book that someone wrote. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, I have it right here. <laughs> there's a book that was written, a Bible, if you will, for Dynasty, called the Dynasty Dominator Reloaded. And in that book, written by me uh, and an intern, Neil, um, we 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 did this book, and there's a chart in the book that just has the the value of picks and when when the picks are ripe right have you got you guys have ever had a, a try to eat a pear an unripe pear has ever tired you, you ever been no an unripe pear okay if you if you're trading okay a first rounder right now it's not that's not a good idea don't do please don't do that please don't do that don't do it okay wait Wait, there should be no, I mean, the, the market should be frozen right now, but you're seeing trades because there are people that don't know what they're doing. They haven't read the book. They don't listen to this podcast. Uh, they're, they're, they're not aware, but it's only going to accrue value as we get closer. Because guess what's going to happen? Jalen Waddle is going to go top 10. At this time last year, nobody knew that. Pitt's top five. Fuck me. Right? Like, it's going to happen. There's going to be some crazy stuff, and these picks are going to get juiced up. So if you're telling me right now, based on what I know now, yeah, like I'm, 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 I would, I, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it now. If, if I had to, based on the information I had now, but it's a Bayesian process. As new information comes in, now I'm hearing Drake London's a top 10 pick. Right now, so Drake London, now suddenly Drake London and. So now we have and, and, and Garrett Wilson. What if Garrett Wilson goes to like the Cowboys or go, you know, what if Garrett Wilson goes somewhere awesome? Right. What if they've decided they're going to move on from Cooper and they're gonna, see what I'm saying? There, there's so many. Th- we don't know. But Garrett Wilson could go somewhere incredible. Um, and w- w- probably the Eagles, because they're in the they're in that sweet spot where they're going to how if you're the Eagles and you have three picks in the teens and you have no number two wide receiver. Are you going to exit this first round without a? Come on, it's not going to happen. You have to. Pr- you have to. How he's going to trade out of one of those picks? He's going to he's going to flip one of those picks for like a second rounder and a future first. I can already see that coming. Again, the aliens are like, how he's going to trade down? Like they know that, right? It's obvious, right? If he doesn't, I would. Is there a prop on that? The the the, the Eagles trade one of their picks. I mean, it's that's a that's a dead certainty. But one of those picks they do execute on has to be a wide receiver. I I, I give Howie Roseman credit for not having too much like wide receiver first round PTSD. I don't think that's a real thing. I think they know they have Quez Watkins who's in a field stretcher role where he should be. He's a wide receiver three. They don't. They have this glaring hole at wide receiver two. They need a big bodied guy. If London is there, they're gonna they're gonna take him. He probably won't be there, and then they might just have to settle for an awesome receiver that's totally awesome, like Garrett Wilson, right? Someone like that, Olave, fine, whoever, really. Um, I think 
I think maybe the best fit there would be Pickens. I love Pickens, but that's that's going to happen. But there's just going to be a number of situations that play out where probably the first five picks will look really good. Like So, for example, what if Kyron Williams goes to the Chiefs? Like, just think about all these scenarios and what you, where you were not, you were underwhelmed by everyone outside Burks and, and Hall. Suddenly, you're loving picks one through five, right? And then you got to remind yourself that a lot of that shit is fake. That post-draft hype is fake. That landing spot hype is fake. We talked about this with DJ Moore, that you really need to be drafting the player in Dynasty, not the situation. I think we learned that best first and foremost with Jonathan Taylor over Clyde edwards Solaire. Right? We learned this lesson forever, once and for all. Well, because because one's the girl like going out to the club, and the other one's the the one that you wake up to the next morning, and you're like, oh, what was I thinking? You know? Right. That was that's the Edward Solaire. It looks like <laughs> a fun time. We get to have Andy Reid calling plays and try. Uh, Patrick Mahomes dumping it off. How do you not love this? So many touchdowns. Oh, my God. I, I just have to remind people, just to, just get in this time machine with me. There were high-stakes leagues. I'm talking about like $250 buy-ins or more at the FFPC. This is coming off. This is in a year where Christian McCaffrey was absolutely mind-blowing, one of the best running back seasons of all time. Okay. And serious players were taking Edwards Hilaire at the 101. That's the, uh, the Thursday leagues. after the Thursday night game. The Thursday night in seasonal uh, leagues. It was after the Thursday night game. That's yep. right because the FFPC has drafts on Friday, and so they were like, "Fuck it, this guy's the 101." And it's like, "No, please!" You're like slow motion. Like, "No, you're not doing that, are you?" Like you oh, just blowing through every principle, every stop sign that anyone's ever learned about fantasy football, things not to do. Uh, so the, the best year to have 102 in rookie drafts was that year. And I benefited from one of those getting JT. Brilliant. Taylor. Yeah. Easy. See, see, it's a real thing. See, that's the thing. Like you do a show now and you have all these people that are getting into fantasy. Now they don't even believe you. <laughs> like what I just said is unbelievable. <laughs> Right, that someone took him over McCaffrey back then. It happened. Yes, people were taking Edward Solaire over Jonathan Taylor. It was a real thing. It was like 60-40 Hilaire. It wasn't even 60-40. It's a real thing. Look it up. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, so the bottom line is, I'm feeling very good if I have the 101, 102. If I have the 103 through 106-7, I know what I have. And I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and wait and wait until after the draft. Most rookie drafts happen after the draft. And I'm going to wait until I'm on the clock. And what the book says is once you're on the clock, certain people see the thing is, see the other thing who's in your leagues. You have half your league, are hardcore people, maybe three quarters. There's a bunch of people that are kind of casual ish and they're going to wake up when the draft happens and they're going to get excited and they're going to be the most likely to overpay. So that's the thing. It's like, remember in rounders when they're all together in the Atlantic city, uh, the one, the one table. And they're like, we're just stealing each other's bankrolls. My what rounders are we... right here. Signed by Matt Damon right here. Rounders. What are we doing? 
What are we doing? Stealing each other's bankrolls. You know, this is this sucks. That's all your the people that are trading right now in Dynasty. They're just stealing each other's bank. Wait, once the rookie draft starts, then you you're gonna have a Taurus sit down, and well, the, then you can trade the goddamn pick. The FOMO kicks in, right? For those guys that you're talking about that wake yes. up to do that rookie draft, they have it's like watching the green candle in your in your stocks, and they're buying as the green candle's going up. You know, the day and the next day the thing crashes. You want Drake London? Be my guest. Here she's right here. He's right here. You know what? Trade me uh, a future first and chase Claypool. So I'll just have Drake London, but after a bad season, right? And next year's first, who's going to be better than whoever is being drafted in that same slot this year? We're done, right? The beauty of those trades, too, is that that guy's probably also going to make a bunch of other bad deals, and then the pick is going to be high. I mean, there's just so many different reasons to do it this way. Question in the chat from Jose Pena. You mentioned Drake London. You mentioned Wilson. Um, why don't you just give us your, your favorite after after Burks wide receivers in this draft class? Garrett Wilson's – I mean, Garrett Wilson is someone that I'd be so happy with. Uh, I had Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch on the show couple days ago uh wrote a wonder world radio and he talked he he, garrett wilson's from texas and alex is from texas and he's he called him a maestro he called him a savant like it was like he like it it was incredible like bobby fisher of wide receivers and you know we have something called teammate score on the breakout finder it's a metric and you know that that helped to point to Justin Jefferson and 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 uh, Jamar Chase. So I'm more inclined to like Wilson even more, knowing that Alave was there and knowing that they're they're just so uh, stocked with talent there that you you need to uh, take his production in context and you like him even more. Same thing with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf when they were both at Mississippi. And you know if it's not an SEC wide receiver. He better go to like Clemson or Ohio State and and face a lot of high level competition. That's also why I like Pickens because he's an SEC wide receiver, and I I I have been burned by Big Twelve wide receivers, especially Big Twelve athletes. Be very careful, Big Twelve athletes, um, guys that are fun. Jalen Rager was fun. Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Josh Doxson was fun. Right, Corey Coleman was was so exciting, and you just gotta be very careful. Gotta be very careful. Where for guys in the SEC, and he's he's competing with another professional wide receiver for targets. Well, he's gonna get suppressed a little bit, and you can probably get great value. Um, so this is this is the this is a year where I would normally be just give me my running back in the first round. This is the one exception year I've seen in a long time where I'm just not all in on Isaiah Spiller. I'm not all in on Kenneth Walker. I'm not all in on any of these guys other than Brees Hall. So I'll fine. I'll take I'll take Burks. I'll I'll take Wilson. I I like those guys the best. I'm now I'm now into Drake London just because he's going to be a top ten draft capital guy. I wasn't like. I wasn't pounding the table 
for Jalen Waddle last year, but the guy got drafted in the top ten, and he's going to get so all these targets, and it's just like okay, I mean, if it, I don't think the the beauty is the good thing is that I don't think London makes it into the teens because whoever goes to Philadelphia is is doomed because that offense is bad for wide receivers. If you have a quarterback who struggles with downfield accuracy and pulls tons of dropbacks, uh, pulls tons of pass attempts out of the offense because he's rushing, well, what are you doing? You're, you're squeezing the wide receiver production out. You're, you're saying, okay, your downfield targets are not going to be accurate and we're going to throw less. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's terrific. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Please, yes, right? So that was always like the the underlying concern with Rashad Bateman last year um, is that, you know, how how much can Lamar Jackson throw, especially when these coaches keep calling these goddamn design runs? Do you remember in that last playoff game against the Chiefs where Josh Allen had to convert? People forget he had to convert on fourth down because they kept calling these design runs where he would get one yard. And like, it's the worst call because he's going to run it if it's not there anyway. So why are you taking the pass option away from him? It's the dumbest thing, the dumbest thing, but they do it. They can't help themselves. These offensive coordinators, they can't help themselves. So I don't trust the offensive coordinator, whoever has Malik Willis, Josh Allen, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. I don't trust them. Um, so whoever goes to the Eagles, be very careful, be very wary. No matter how much you like that wide receiver, just be careful. It would be I love Pickens, so damn, if he goes there, I would be disappointed. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're gonna be ahead of consensus on Pickens. We're probably gonna be uh, lower than consensus on Olave just because the data says that if you play all four years, the deck is stacked. There's going to be a one or two guys, one or two seniors that produce. But even from two years ago, you think about the, the seniors. Ch- Claypool had the big four touchdown game, and the uh, you know he looked like Calvin Johnson as a rookie, and then he looked like uh, Brashad Perriman in his second year, and Michael Pittman. He had the the a good second year, solid, super solid, but didn't really produce much as a rookie. Um, so none of these, you know, Denzel Mims, epic flame out. Uh, but yeah, if you go down the board, it's usually juniors that experience the full, uh, full expression breakout. Yeah. Like this guy's a difference maker. Like was Michael Pittman a difference maker? No, not yet. Will he ever be? Maybe. Right. I still think Chase Claypool has the best chance just because he has such an incredible athletic profile that you, you, it, it, he could put it together, but as of right now, he's not. And the the issue with with wide receivers and the reason why I'm reticent to take a wide receiver so early in rookie drafts is because it's harder to predict those breakouts. It, we have a much higher level of certainty with running back breakouts than we do wide receiver breakouts. There's so many wide receivers we thought were locks, and they don't fire. They just don't like. The underlying metrics for CeeDee Lamb were not that great last year. His air yard share, his target share, it, it was not what we expected. Um, and he hasn't crested 15 fantasy points a game yet. I know he's still young and like, great, but it's like, what? Like, 
Amari Cooper. Think about Amari Cooper on the Raiders. So disappointing. It's like scratching your head going, this is one of the best prospects by the numbers ever at the wide receiver position. And he's not firing in Oakland. What's happening here? So it's time and time and time again, we get fooled by these wide receivers. And when uh, Rick Spielman went on the uh, Move the Sticks podcast, he talked about this. He said that, listen, we had to change our model with wide receivers over time. We started incorporating a lot more work ethic and interview-based data points with wide receivers because we just couldn't crack the code for years on wide receivers. You're taking, you know, Cordell Patterson. You can see it in their picks, right, where they go from Cordell Patterson to, to Diggs and Jefferson. Like that wasn't by accident. They changed their process in evaluating wide receivers to be more soft skills, work ethic, coachability, and be, I think because the wide receiver position is such a learned, uh, meticulous position where you see Cooper Cup really doesn't become Cooper Cup until six years in the league of watching film religiously after practice and before practice and knowing where that cornerback is going to be before he even knows where he's going to be. And Cooper Cup's already putting his foot in the ground to go the other direction. That took him like six, seven years to get that fully dialed in. Um, so it, in that way, I, in most years, not this year, but almost every other year, we recommend get your running back in the first round of a rookie draft because if you don't get him now, when are you going to get a running back? They do most of their production. The age apex for running backs is 24 and a half years old. 24 and a half years old. That's when they do... They're they're halfway done once they hit mid to their twenty year twenty four, so if you're not getting them as rookies, you're you're not you're not winning, right? So go ahead and and, and get your running back. Except this year, Brees Hall. If you don't get him, consider trading out. Matt, the the tight end position is an, an exaggerated version of what you're talking about at receiver. You know, it's the the, the most complex offensive position when you're looking at these oh, guys uh, that we're looking for in Think in dynasty. It, is there anyone you like in this in this draft for our tight end premium uh, folks? Yeah, well, let's think about it though. Let's like a, we're all about the numbers. We have so many metrics on player profiler. I can't even keep track of them all, and yet sometimes it's just about thinking about what's the job, right? What is it? And tight end, it's really hard. You have to learn all these blocking assignments, and then you have to also learn all these route running assignments. It's really hard. So it makes sense that you wouldn't see Mark Andrews really like being a a difference maker until he's either in his second contract or at the end of his rookie deal. Uh, And that's the way it is with most of these guys. That's why it's so impressive what Kyle Pitts did. To go over a thousand yards at age twenty is is so impressive. Just like Gronkowski in his the second half of his rookie year, he was the tight end one. That should that's all you needed to know for the rest. Like he, he's awesome. Like there's he has something where he understands all the moving parts of this position, which is so complicated and so vicious. This year. There's just one guy. I mean, we, 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 the Senior Bowl, uh, Trey McBride, 
it was very much a Dallas Goddard situation. So every other senior bowl, you're going to have one of these guys come along. There wasn't anyone last year, uh, the year before, maybe every three years. I don't know. Um, but I know Goddard was at the senior bowl. And then I think he might have he might have broken his hand or torn his pec or something at the senior bowl because he didn't work out. I just remember Alex kept talking about him. He's awesome. He, he was yeah. incredible. Like he was just a man. He was just a. And it's funny. Very few tight ends ever put up a thousand yards receiving in college. Goddard did it, and Trey McBride did it. So Trey McBride is that guy. He's he's that guy that you would consider at the turn in tight end premium. Also, I think that there's there. He's a lower risk guy too, in that he's probably going to test well. That he was like the absolute best player on offense at the Senior Bowl, period. Other than maybe Malik Willis, you could argue. Um, so there's very little risk there. I think there's more risk with every other... Every, in tight end premium, for example, if you were to trade back to get McBride and you lost out on one of these receivers, that's probably fine. That's probably fine. You'll probably end up in a couple of years looking up and McBride's more valuable than the receiver you would have drafted anyway. Uh, and then after him, it's just, it's the Wild West. Who knows, right? So some years it's 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 the Wild West, uh, you know, th- uh, throughout. This year, it's just, you have McBride, and then everyone else is just a, a wild card. Uh, last year was interesting in that, you know, Friar Muth was kind of that, he didn't go to the Senior Bowl, but he was kind of that that Goddard where he didn't work out but everyone knew, oh, this guy's an incredible football player, pure football player. And then it's nice, too, when you know that certain organizations value these things well. And so if the Steelers are going to draft a, a, a Goddard, then that's that's encouraging, right? That's a good sign. Like when the Jaguars drafted Chenault, that was bad, right? It's like, oh, man, like that doesn't – that's not a warm and fuzzy, right? So, yeah, uh, McBride or bust in tight end premium. Speaking of warm and fuzzy, how excited are we about Trey Lance next year? Is he? Yeah, Trey Lance is going to be incredible. Trey Lance is going to be incredible. There's, uh, you know, I hate to use the word arbitrage, but it is like arbitrage. It's basically you get a similar asset for much less money or much later draft uh, ADP and. I mean, if you like Josh Allen, which I do, right? Josh Allen's been the QB1 two consecutive years. And why would you think he's not going to do it again? Did you watch that playoff game? Oh, my God. Right? Um, Oh, my God. So, but if you had to find a player that was somewhere in that ballpark, rushing ability, arm strength, weaponry, it would be Trey Lance. He has that. So I know that people compare Trey Lance and Justin Fields. They're not the same. Trey Lance is way bigger. Trey Lance was actually a more prolific rusher in college. And his run rate was higher than Fields last year as well. And he's in a system where there's going to be easier, like low-hanging fruit, easy eight-yard pickups on these design boots that they do in San Francisco. Plus, 
He has the best yak the receiving yak court in the league. Yeah. Right. So it's like a, the gap between Jimmy Garoppolo's yak from his receivers and every other quarterback last year was like a chasm. So it's it's not even fair. It's not fair. So he's the best value right now in best ball. And he's someone that I'm aggressively pursuing in super flex startups. I would probably, yeah, I think he's uh, in super flex. Let, let, let me just explain. Let, let me just tell you. So uh, on player profiler on our dynasty rankings, we have a, or in our dynasty deluxe, a draft planner where it shows the draft board and where you, where you take guys in super flex. Um, and uh, if I were, if I were in a draft, I would be looking at quarterback in the first round, almost exclusively, unless it's like Jonathan Taylor um, and uh, Trey Lance would be a top ten pick in a startup. That's just I know I don't know if it's hot. If you think it's hot to me, it's no, not I think hot it's I think I think it's right. I think he's going to absolutely smash. Next I, year. It's going to be guys. It's going to like, get get you get just deal with it. Like it's going to be a fireworks display in the sky with with Trey Lance. Mahomes, how could how can he fail? He has to be so bad. He would have to be so bad. And you're right, like Mahomes, he sat out his, his, his rookie year. And when he did play, like that game against Houston, he did nothing in the first half, and he basically put up a full game's worth of production just in the second half against yeah. an underrated defense in Houston. So it's... it's he, I don't get his ADP. His, his early AD is just based on this general risk aversion that fantasy gamers have. And we attack that. We attack that. You can attack that in Dynasty. Not as much, though. Right? I'm more risk-averse in Dynasty because we've had these guys for their career. So I'm a little bit more careful in Dynasty. In Seasonal Leagues, it's like, YOLO, bro. It's like, <laughs> it's like whatever. Go try to win. It's you against 11 other dudes. You better you better max out your upside. So, yes, give me Ridley. Give me, give me Michael Thomas. Like, Give me Travis Etienne. What a pro! Right into my question. Fuck Matt. it, like whatever. Like, to ask let's go, Michael let's Thomas. Let's go. Get Trey Lance on top. Let's go. Let's go. Talk Trey about Lance is such that like Trey Lance Etienne. I'm not worried about them in Dynasty. I want them bad. Absolutely. What about, what about MT and Ridley? You just talked about. Or should should uh, Dynasty Fantasy Land be jumping on the the opportunity to get these guys before they they come back? Do you think they're coming back full full speed? What do you think? Ridley more. Ridley's younger. Uh, Ridley we, we, is a little more of a stable situation. At the Senior Bowl, though, Cody and Alex said that there was some wide variety of chatter, opinion, rumor about Calvin Ridley. Hmm. Some people thought he was never coming back. Some people, some people thought he was never going to play for Atlanta again. That there was a betrayal. There, there's, and then the, and the, the Atlanta guy gave a no comment. Like, it was kind of weird, right? It, the whole thing is a little bit new because we haven't had anyone taking, you know, uh, stints on the IR for mental health before. So this is something that's brand new to all of us. We don't have any modeling we can do. We don't have any comps for this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's uncharted territory. What I do know, the numbers I have in front of me, um, first of all, are money. So last year, he was due to make less than $2 million. And that is egregious for him to put up those numbers and to make that amount of money is, is kind of ridiculous. And it just sort of exposes the NFL's absolutely sort of, a, especially for running backs. I mean, I think that if I were the NFL PA and, and here's the thing at the NFL PA level, 
the stakeholders are veteran players and they're they're already they're, they're not on rookie contracts anymore or they're currently negotiating their second contract it's not like rookies have a big say in the nflpa right so of course the rookie deals are the ones that are going to be the least fair right and the most sort of coercive and in these rookie deals especially for running backs are just uh, i mean I, I, like offensive robbery yeah. they're no they're offensive because you know they're doing all their production i just told you what the age apex is for running backs and the idea that Najee harris is going to be two years past the age apex maybe three if they pick up his option by the time he ever gets to his second contract is a fucking crime given how much abuse and punishment he's going to take it's at he is the he is the quintessential example of unfairness with rookie contracts. You can't find a better example than Najee Harris, and I feel bad for him in advance. I don't even have him in Dynasty. I don't even care. I just know that as a human being, it's bullshit, right? And Calvin Ridley just happened to start his NFL career at age twenty three, so he's still on his rookie deal with the option, and he gets the option this year, which is eleven million dollars, still grossly underpaid. But still, still, there's going to be a little more to play for this year, a lot more to play for this year, in that he's going to make a lot more money, and his second contract is everything for him. For a guy that starts his career at age 23, as opposed to starting your career at age 20, like some others, like Rondale Moore, like, good for you. Start your career early. You, you didn't really do anything after your freshman year because you were hurt. But nothing left to prove staying in school, and you got to start the clock on your rookie contract as soon as you can. So it, that's the weird thing with Ridley is how late he started. Um, he only played in a handful of games in his final year in high school because he was he 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 his when his birthday like he he aged out of the high school system, and so he ended up being a top recruit. <laughs> I mean, a five-star recruit playing, like, three games. I mean, that just shows how good he was um, in high school. And uh, I just think that he's... Uh, something happened with the organization, with himself. Um, and, you know, the care that we're now taking with mental health and the, the seriousness is so much higher, whether it be agents, family, friends, colleagues... The, the I think my my hope is in my I, in playing the probabilities that he's going to be in a much better place when camp starts, and that the incentives are going to line up and he's going to have a support structure. That's what I think is v way more likely than him just throwing it all away at the very moment where he's can can have like a, a change his whole life and in, in, in his whole family. Um, can it be a revolution? Um, so it, it it would be beyond stunning if he wasn't just reporting for camp and Calvin Ridley is Calvin Ridley next year. And Tampa yeah. Thomas. And don't forget, Calvin Ridley was top five in air yard share, in target share, or at least top ten for two consecutive seasons. And only one other receiver had that sort of feather in his cap and that was Devonte adams so he's in Devonte adams territory with the two most predictive metrics once the guy makes it to the league 
So for a bunch of reasons, I think that Ridley is a value in all formats. I would want him. Thomas, a little older, but also Thomas is just whatever that whatever um, uh, accolades that Alex was 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 putting on to Garrett Wilson. I mean, isn't that Michael Thomas? Right? Isn't Michael Thomas a maestro? Isn't Michael Thomas just so elegant? In the way he plays, isn't his game going to age well? So yeah, I, I really like Michael Thomas. I can't, I, I don't know why he's not just going to go somewhere else. They have all these contracts to shed, right? Sean Payton's gone. He knows that they have all these bloated veteran contracts and they're going to have to blow this thing up and they can actually blow it up fairly easily. There's a lot of cutting. They can cut like $80 million without really breaking a sweat and without eating as much dead money as you might think. So they can start the rebuild pretty quickly in new Orleans. And then Michael Thomas can land somewhere interesting. I mean, when you have Michael Thomas out there, you have Ridley floating out there. You have the possibility of Amari Cooper getting cut or traded. Plus you have all these legitimate free agents from Chris Godwin. Who's now going to leave Tampa. Most assuredly Um, you have, Devonte Adams, of course, um, he likely won't leave, but uh, it's, it's still a slight possibility. And then you have all these other guys like Allen Robinson and mm-hmm. Michael Gallup and Shark. It's 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 wild. It's going to be a wild free. I didn't even mention Juju. Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And so with Michael Thomas in the mix, there's just a lot of places he could go. Uh, I know that the Patriots in New Orleans have a close relationship. And I remember Brandon Cooks went from New Orleans to New England. And New England has a glaring hole at their wide receiver one slot. Michael Thomas would be really nice for Mac Jones. That would be nice for Mac Jones. I would love that. That would be fit fit of the world right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got one more for you, Matt. We could go all day, literally. Uh, Going back to the running back position, you've talked about diminishing value when it comes to Dalvin Cooks uh, in Dynasty. Are there other guys that you see as strong sells right now? Listen, just like I'm loving Brees Hall and ETN and Dobbins, Akers, you name it. Young running back, yes, please. Young, explosive, all-purpose back. They're the keys to victory in Dynasty. And it's, it's also predicated on getting the fuck out a year early on running backs i'm talking about i'm not talking about just dalvin cook dalvin cook's become obvious ezekiel elliott's like a a cliche right i'm talking about get out of chubb i'm talking about get out of these guys like when their rookie contracts are up you're out right you don't want to be there maybe maybe there's exceptions and i'm not saying this is like a hard and fast rule if a guy is not the workhorse in college, and then he's lightly used in his first couple years, like Mixon, mm-hmm. that's a different story, right? He came out super early, but wasn't used like a workhorse until the last couple years. Well, know what you have. Mixon's a guy that's probably going to play out to age 29 pretty comfortably, and he has what you're looking for. So there's no hurry to dump a guy like Joe Mixon but if a guy is winning mostly between the tackles, if a guy's had lower body injuries, you know, if a guy's been, you know, carrying a huge workload since the, you know, since early on or all the way back to college, that's, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. I mean, just bail, 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 bail. 
I also don't know what the what's going to happen with Aaron Jones. If Aaron Rodgers is gone, Aaron Jones is is he's very volatile. Like there's a huge range of what can happen with Aaron Jones. I mean, if if Jordan Love is the quarterback, I mean, Aaron Jones is the big loser, right? Um, but I think it sounds like there's positive vibes coming from Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and that they're going to make it work. They have to make it work. I mean, how they could they to. not make it work? It's to be the silliest thing ever. It'd be literally, yeah. you'd be telling your kids this story about how Green Bay let Aaron Rodgers go because <laughs> they were going to build around Jordan Love. They wouldn't believe you. They're like, Dad, yeah, yeah, right. That never happened. I know it was a long time ago, Dad, but you're you're lying to me. I don't. I, you Jordan know, Love, Jordan Love fairy tale. The Jordan Love, Jordan fairy, Love tale. fairy tale. Fuck. He's out. no Jimmy G. It's not Jimmy G. You know. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan Love sounds like one of those, like a prince. That would be the the name of the prince. <laughs> one of these fairy tales, like no, like you, you, you except you, you, you turn to stone, and you, you, you finish in last place if you get kissed by Jordan Love. You do not want that. So Aaron Aaron Jones is scary. He's also twenty seven. He's also had lower body injuries. He's had some off the field issues. He's just a guy that's I'm a little bit like I don't have any one data point. Where I can say Aaron Jones is 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 a sell for this one reason, but just I get a little bit nervous. If you have Aaron Jones and you're not nervous, he's eight, he's 27 years old. Eh, I'm a lot more nervous about Aaron Jones than I am, let's say Austin Eckler. Austin, they're they're similar age. Eckler's a year younger, but Eckler's like he's like Joe Mixon. Whereas uh, Dalvin, see, we've been lower on Derrick Henry forever. Right, we were finally vindicated last year in that it's not that the age necessarily is the reason to fade these guys. It's also that be careful what you wish for with the workload. Right? That's why Chubb is such a sell. Because how are you scoring your fantasy points? Well, Derrick Henry needs carries. And carries increase your probability of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just like a race car driver. You could be the best race car driver in the world, the best NASCAR driver in the world, and also the most careful everything, best equipment, best safety standards for your car, best tires, everything. And some dude hits the wall and comes down through the pack and and sideswipes you and you're out of the race and you're potentially hurt. That's what happened. That's what happened to Derrick Henry. It was just a freak car accident where, you know, a bone in his foot just snapped randomly. Okay. Well, guess why that happened? Because they kept putting him out there, right? You, 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 you're you going to run the Winston Cup and the Bush Series, right? Eventually, you're going to just roll the dice too many times, and you're going to get in a car accident, and you're probably going to get in a car accident in one of these like lower lower races, and everyone with, your, with the Penske team is going to be like, what the fuck are you doing, right? This is the same thing. If you're in Dynasty, you're like, listen, cool. You're gonna we're, you're scoring lots of fantasy points, but it's actually better if you maybe dial it back a little bit, because th- then you're gonna ruin his whole season last year by getting hurt because you're trying to give him 400 carries. Like I just don't want to play that game. So we've always been way below consensus on a guy like Derrick Henry, and always been way above consensus on a guy like DeAndre Swift, because the way DeAndre Swift gets his touches is that they're more valuable. And they're less frequent, and he's going to be sustainable, right? So he has his age 23 and his age 24 seasons ahead of him. Great. Stronghold, right? Stronghold. 
Acres, stronghold, exciting, right? Exciting. I also called Acres coming back from the, the, the torn, uh, the ruptured Achilles. You're welcome on that too. <laughs> Love it. There you Love go. it. Love it. You said you, you got to pay attention. Did anyone else call that? Not as loudly as you, Matt. Not Jeez. as loudly. Do you want to know? Do you remember why I thought that? Because I was watching the Olympics and they were talking about these gymnasts who had ruptured their Achilles like three months ago. And then they're doing these back handsprings on the floor exercise. And I'm like, well, I guess Cam Akers is coming back. Especially Super Bowl in LA. Yeah. I'm like, well, if these guys could do this, they're just taping it up. They're out there. I'm like, well, guess we're going to see Akers this year. Matt, one thing I appreciate and really enjoy with your shows is when you go off topic and you're talking non-fantasy. And obviously, guys, the, the, the amount of goodness Matt just dropped, you better be smashing that like button. If you're new to the show, smash the subscribe. But the Super Bowl is coming up. So I know you, you, you have some good rants on coffee and, you know, I'd love to get into that. But with the Super Bowl coming up, why don't we talk Super Bowl food? And what's your one go to your favorite Super Bowl snack or treat or food that you like to have All when right, you're so watching? Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm getting older, so I, I try to cut down on carbs. Actually, Nate List tweeted a hot take today that bagels are not a food. They're a dessert or an indulgence. And you can't just eat a bagel and think that's breakfast. And I agree with that. They're not nutritious. And uh, they will destroy your uh, your body's energy system for the, probably the whole day. Not a good idea. I can eat like half a bagel and then I'm like, I'm out. Right? And and very rarely we'll try to do that. So like one thing that I, I'm trying to stay away from, you know, a little bit is some of these like high fat thing, like, uh, like say chicken wings. But I do love fucking wings. I like to make wings. So we basically, because my wife complains and I'm like, oh my God, this is, we got to do this. So we have a fryer. And what I do is I put the fryer in the garage or I put the fryer like outside on the, on the patio if it's not raining. And we get the fryer going outside. And then so and then we have the, you have the big metal bowl. You ever been in one of these restaurants that really specializes in wings where the dude has the he yep. has the 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 towel over his shoulder <laughs> and it's all stained, you know, orange, right? Fluorescent orange stain. And the the beauty is that it's not it's the most it's the least complicated thing ever. You could just put butter and Frank's red hot. And that's it. It's like that's it. It's like very bad for you. They're very bad for you. But so if you say, hey, a uh, couple days of the year, Super Bowl, we're doing wings. You know, you order. You can also order them from like a, a restaurant supply company. You can actually go to a restaurant. If you're going to have a big event or something, one hack, one cool life hack is that you they will actually serve individual customers. So I was talking to this guy that owns a restaurant. He's like, yeah, you should go to like a, this restaurant supply company if you're going to have an event of like 10 or more people. And you can get like 10 steaks or whatever, incredible value. And I'm like, well, don't you need to have like a special card or something? Don't you need to have like a, a special permit or whatever that you own a restaurant? He's like, no, you're a customer. They want your money, dude. It's just not, there's no frills. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just big freezers with just giant, you got to be, you got to kind of know what you're looking for, right? 
And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So you can go get a giant thing of wings, and then you're just making wings. And you have to, it has to be a metal bowl. You have a metal bowl to just, and, and, you, <laughs> and, you, and you toss the wings, and, they, and then they toss, and you get it just right where the, the wings are rolling around, and you're tossing them. So you like them wet. You like them wet then. Oh, I like them wet. Oh, I like messy. the wings wet and messy and just the red hot and the butter. Uh, and and if you and they're right out of the fryer, right into the bowl, and then boom. Um, guess the thing. Yeah, same thing. French fries, same thing. Right? Cold fries, the worst. Hot fries with like garlic, uh, like minced garlic and salt and pepper. Uh, f- uh, you know, fresh fries out of the fryer, man. Making me hungry, man. <laughs> I mean, the, the, so if, that is just that is so epic. That is so. I love getting the fryer out like once or twice a year, and the Super Bowl is when I do that. If wings are the one point oh one, the Jonathan Taylor of Super Bowl foods, what would the, <laughs> C- the Ceh <laughs> be of Super Bowl foods? The one C-H. Well, I have another good one. Like you could do like <laughs> all these la- these the, the, you could do these layers. Right, you do these layers where it's like refried beans and cheese and guacamole, like the seven layer dips. I love the seven layer dips. That's that's incredible. In terms of the the bad ones, the bad anything, uh, just like can I? What is the deal? Can I? Can someone explain this to me? How is like Lay's potato chips in business? <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I was asking. I was, so I was this question: How is it possible? Who the fuck is buying these things? We have we've come so many innovations. You realize how far I, I was listening to this podcast with the guy that invented like uh, hot hot Cheetos, and like apparently he's a fraud and he stole the recipe and he, he made it up. But somebody somewhere invented hot Cheetos, right? He said, "Oh, I, I showed up with like in a, in, a, in a trash bag with Cheetos," and you know, and they're like actually we've debunked that story. He didn't actually invent. The guy that lied about inventing hot Cheetos, that's just an interesting, funny, you know, lie. It's like a movie. But, but I think they made a movie. Didn't they make a movie? I hot think they Cheetos made a movie, movie about it. I think they made a movie about it. So you have all these flavors of Doritos. You have all these flavors of Cheetos. You have all these new types of, like, potato chips that are, like, you know, uh, uh, sea salt and vinegar and all this stuff. There's so many great chips. That anyone still eating those thin, just <laughs> plain, pl- plain flavorless, freaking Lay's shit. I just can't. But like, it's offensive to me. Like you bought, you're keeping them in business. Like they think no one's gonna eat these. You're gonna throw them all out. <laughs> they think, they think that they're doing fine, and people are just buying them as placeholders and throwing them away. I don't even. Understand. It's so dumb. Like there, we've come. The chip innovation has been amazing. Do you remember, like the chip aisle, like a long time ago? I, yeah. Well, maybe you guys don't, but the chip aisle didn't used to be that great. No. It used to be pretzels, and and you know it used to be pretty underwhelming. The chip aisle now in the grocery store is like it's like the cereal aisle. It's like the cereal. It's become like holy shit. Like you're like I didn't know they had that. That's a new thing. I wonder what that tastes like. Holy shit, that's a thing now. Yay. So that's, yeah. Regular Lay's potato chips. Stone worst. Love what that are you thing. doing? Love that. What are, I'm a Dorito guy, so. What are you doing? That that's my Lay's potato chips. What are you doing? 
Nice. That might have to be the title. Also, so thin. There's so obvious, like some dickhead CEO was like, we could make more money per chip if we just make them even thinner and less flavorful and more bullshit. Well, you can't even you can't even dip them if the dip is too hard because it's it's they 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 break, they the break dip. It. So we so then you got broken chips in your dip. Come it's on, just the dumbest thing. If any, if you what what we need to do is when you go to a party or you go to your mom's house or whatever, and you, or you see someone break out those chips, be like, listen, what are you doing? Can you not? <laughs> Like what you're it's like an intervention. intervention. You know, <laughs> you got to deplatform these fucking. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're giving this chip a platform. Just knock it off. I love it. I love it. I love it, Matt. Let the people know uh, what's what's new and fresh coming. Uh, obviously, this off season, everybody wants to renew their their subscription. Let them know what's new and coming uh, with the uh, Road to Wonder World, my friend. Well, we have the Injury Finder app that's coming out. I'm going to look up all the injuries back through time, see probabilities of, of future injuries and fragility ratings. It's going to be sick. It's going to be an awesome web. It's going to be a mobile app. Uh, but then we're also going to do the first time. We've never done this. We're going to do a rookie guide uh, just because uh, I, got in, I got in a big fight with Reddit. I had a Reddit moderator come on my show, which never happens um, because I was mad that Someone on Reddit like ripped off all our like screenshots and and put together like a Franken guide, and I was like, you know what, this this is not cool, right? So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make our own rookie guide, and uh, and and you know what, you know, and the big fuck you is gonna be. It's not even gonna look like our site. It's gonna look totally different. <laughs> so you can copy our site and be like a copy of a copy of the multiplicity bullshit rookie guide. Go ahead. We're going to do some other cool guide, and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to uncopy it. Uh, with like, yeah, with like rookie uh, uh, year one projections and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so we're, we're definitely doing that. That'll be, uh, that'll be, that's the new thing for Dynasty. Uh, it'll just be part of our Dynasty Deluxe package. It'll just be, you can just download it. And this is also, people might not know this, this book is also available for free in PDF form. Uh, on the website in 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 the dynasty section as well. God damn awesome. it! Good to know, guys. Go check it out, playerprofiler.com. It's a no brainer all around. Theo, you put together a, a massive three days. Matt, awesome having you on. You Theo, killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. By the way, appreciate that, Matt. Appreciate yeah, coming from you, that's huge. Theo, you, you smashed these three days, man, with the guests, the the, the lineup we had. Give, give the peeps your quick Super Bowl uh, treat. We didn't even ask Matt his Super Bowl prediction. I don't know. I feel I feel we got to go back now and maybe find out. So I'll keep it short and sweet. the The one hundred and one is is the chicken wing. I think it's 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 fair to say most people agree on that. The wild card is a nice chili, some sort of a, a chili on the stove for people to go back and forth. You could go white chicken chili. You could go traditional chili. Go turkey chili. But a nice chili is a nice a nice mix up, especially for Super Bowl parties. This is I, Matt. I don't know if you, I always make the mistake of going last, and then Dan or Theo scoop my my answer. I'm, I eat vegan, so I pre, I appreciate a, a hockey player who grew up in in bars and stuff. Uh, you know, after the hockey games, I appreciate a good wing. Not not in the last few years, but uh, my wife's vegan chili is awesome, and she usually makes that on Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm looking forward to is that. that. Is it tofu? No, we don't do tofu. Or is it like I'm, I'm not a lots of beans, lots of beans. Is it impossible impossible meat? No, we don't do the impossible meats either, man. A lot of those have really bad like oils in them, like 
they, they super canola, canola oil it or, or sunflower oil it. So we try to stay away from a lot of the vegan stuff that's pre-made for that reason. Dude, you must be in great shape. <laughs> Not even great. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay alive at this point, mid forties. You know, we're just trying know, to keep it, it keep it going as long as I can. <laughs> join the club, yeah. No, Guys, white, white bean chili's good. Uh, um, add, add a little bit of cherry. There's a there's a I, I had a cherry chicken chili once. Uh, it was really good. Uh, sort of cherry salsa somehow got in there. Interesting. Um, Check that. Wild card. Cool. And no, I mean, there's so many different chili options. Love chili. The the Super Bowl. I just think I hate to be the, this guy because everyone's all about Burrow and Burrow's going to be the, the the he's just going to do crazy superhero things and it's going to be amazing. And I I, I want to see it. But by the numbers, Rams are a better team. They're just a better team. They're better receivers. Probably, maybe. I mean, I. It's hard to even say that. As good as Cup is, uh, but it, when you go down the board, better offensive line, the, the quarterback has oh god, see, jeez, oh, their defense, but oh, they found a way to cr- just completely crack Mahomes in the set. Oh, it's so hard. Like <laughs> my, you can see the argument is there for the Rams. You seemed sure when you came into it, but now you're no, you know? the Rams, like it's, it's such a like the by the book move. Like yeah. the, the Vegas books, like they're like, listen, the, the Rams were one of the mo- best all around teams looking at all the advanced team metrics heading into the year it was the Rams and the Bills actually had the two were the two best teams uh, by the numbers uh, coming in. And you could easily see the Bills being in the Super Bowl, too. Um, but uh, so that I would stick to that. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm like I'm worried about getting tricked. Remember those years where you got tricked by the the Bills when you thought the Bills were going to be competitive and then they just get crushed by the the Cowboys. Um. So they have they, they, <laughs> over and over. They would be yeah. So you get I'm worried about getting tricked by these these incredible epic performances by the, by the Bengals and then you remember oh yeah their offensive line's not good their defense was was just above average last you know. Ah, well, no, pretty but, quick. Uh, based on I don't know. I'm, blocked, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm happily wrapped up in this Burrow narrative like everybody else. So I'm still rooting for Burrow, uh, just like the like every other person on the planet. Uh, he's really captured imaginations. It's kind of a, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is pretty cool. I mean, right on the heels of Brady's retirement, mm-hmm. Burrow just sort of steps into this void. That is a pretty cool hand in glove situation. That's a good point. It's a good take. We're gonna end on that. All right, boys. Stick with us for this offseason. We got more bangers coming. We appreciate you, Matt, Theo. Always a blast. We'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash off is the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense (laughs) Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice. 
from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. Matt, that was a that? Who, who did that song? That's uh, Gabe, FF uh, Manbun. Really? From, um, for, you know, you know, FF Manbun from, uh, what was their show again they had with uh, the Happy Hour or, or on Tuesday nights? Wow. The bar one. Open bar? Wow. Open bar. That's what it was. Open bar. Wow. Yeah, he's great, man. He's done a, he's done a couple of them for me. Um, you want, I can connect him, connect you to him. He's He's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. You give him like three words and he'll make you the, the greatest intro song you've ever heard. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. All right, fellas. Thanks. Yeah, this was I, awesome. I know I, I, know I get long winded and stuff. I, I try to like circle back to what the hell I was trying to talk about. No, it was, it was excellent. That was really good. And, uh, it was, it was, it flowed. It didn't seem like uh, it went like long at all. And and you actually went into a lot of our questions. So it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, hope, you know, I mean, if you follow our, like, I think what the three of us do in dynasty, you're going to end up with like, you know, a young couple of young running backs that are awesome, like Swift and some other guy. And you're going to have a bunch of like second contract wide receivers, you know, like Godwin cup, whatever, whatever Debo, um, and uh, you're you're probably fucking killing it. You're probably Absolutely. killing it, and you're not ever gonna get you know, like be sitting on Dalvin Cook, being like, "Man, what am I gonna do with Dalvin Cook?" Man, is like uh, you would have traded him the year before. And we can go over when you're bringing up the hero RB at the beginning. Um, Dan Williamson, who's who's not is one of our co-hosts, but uh, he had a family thing he had to go to. Um, he actually charted out all the major contests, the high money ones. FFPC, NFFC, and Hero RB won like three of the big ones this year. Zero RB, zero RB in the top twenty in the uh, the main event and the football guys only got three out of the top twenty finishes. Hero yeah. RB and double tap like one point five percent. And NFFC it was NFFC it was pretty similar. I think that the two main contests were both Hero winners. I so here are RB. Fucking Punting love RB too. Did he put Punting that on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. If he, I'll, I'll retweet that shit. Yeah, nice. I'm, not, I'm not always on Twitter. I got a lot of shit to do. You got people for 100%. that. You guys, we got you did the show in like maybe one of my least busy days ever. So thank you. No, it's awesome. Thank you, man. I'm glad thank you. It's awesome. Out, man. 